Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Yeah, hello. It's the Michael Dukes Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. And around the world at MichaelDukeShow.com on the internet. Yes, I had a cough button there. Oh, man. Hey, how you doing? How are things going? You ready to rock and roll? You ready to dive into this and uh, get to it Thursday edition of the show? Mm, maybe. We had uh, uh, we had a guest dropout. So for the first time in, um, boy, by several weeks, we're actually going to throw the phone lines open this morning to uh, open line, open form for the first hour. Um, which is going to be, that's going to be fun and exciting and uh, a unique uh, situation we haven't had in quite a while. So we're going to, for a full hour, I mean, we're going to do that here in just a hot second and uh, get ready to take some calls from you, the listeners, to see what you think about this election season and everything else. In hour two, we're going to uh, be diving into it with candidate John Cunningham, who is a Republican candidate for Senate District K which is the current district in Anchorage that is uh, being represented by Bill Wilikowski. So uh, we're going to be, uh, we're, 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 we're ready. We're ready. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a good day. Lining up for next week. Oh, man. Uh, Jay McDonald, Shelley Hughes. We've got the debate between Ron Gillum and uh, Justin Ruffridge coming up on Wednesday. Uh, looks like David Nelson will be on next Thursday, Mia Costello, and uh, then we got Liz Vasquez, Jamie Allard, uh, uh, Forrest Wolf. I mean, a bunch of people coming in the following week. Uh, Delana Johnson, Kevin McKinley. It's going to be full right up until Election Day. I can tell you that right now for nothing. It's going to be going to be fun stuff. So, um <clears throat> Enjoy it while it lasts. Enjoy the... I don't know where that's coming from. Hold on. Man. Just this morning, just just like... Just comes up from somewhere. Uh, Enjoy it while it lasts, this uh, one little day, uh, this one little hour of freedom. So we're going to open up the phone lines uh, and uh, take some calls this morning. We want to remind you, of course, that this hour of the program is being brought to you by your friends over there at Satellite West. Uh, SatelliteWest.com. They, of course, uh, can provide you with connectivity to anywhere in the world from anywhere in the world. So it doesn't matter where you are or where you're trying to reach, they can hook you up, whether it's text, email, internet, phone calls, whatever it is, they have got you, uh, they've got you covered with the information and the technology and the equipment that you need to stay connected. Satellite West 
over at SatelliteWest.com. Thank you to them for sponsoring the program. And, of course, the phone lines uh, are about to be opened um, at uh, 433-3150. It's that simple. It's. I mean, thanks for calling the call in line. Whoa, whoa, shut, shut up, man, shut up. Uh, It's that. uh, It's it's that simple. (laughs) I mean, never in my life did I expect to tell myself to shut up, but that's what I was looking for. All right, so phone lines are now open this morning and ready to go. Uh, We will talk about anything you want to talk about. Um, I really, I mean, I don't care. It could be politics, could not be politics. I have some things that I would like to talk about. So you'll have to forgive me if, um, if I get started here. So pardon me while I get started first on what's happening, uh, around the state. So some good news, first and foremost, from the interior, it is now official. All the absentee ballots have been counted and there, yes, has been a kind of red wave in uh, Fairbanks. Now, I don't know how big a wave this kind of feels more like a, uh, like a body surfing wave than like a, uh, a full on surfboard competition wave. Four of seven races in, uh, Fairbanks went to conservatives. David Pruse won uh, for mayor, uh, Brett Rottermond and Barbara Haney for borough assembly seats, and Melissa Burnett winning a school board seat uh, as well. Uh, in North Pole, Jeff Jacobson, Chandra Clark won seats on the council. And uh, then in the Fairbanks North Star Borough Assembly, Mindy O'Neill, who was unopposed, she is a Democrat, uh, Brandy Hardy won a seat on the school board, edging out the conservative Les Nichols. And the Fairbanks City Council seats were won by Sue Sprinkle and Crystal Tidwell. But the bottom line is, is that they did pretty darn good. They were able to defeat uh, Mustry to saying it's the North Borough Mayor, but it was the city mayor, uh, David Pruse, uh, running for mayor there. That was a good, good win there. And, of course, our friend Melissa Burnett winning the school board seat and listeners Barbara Haney and Brett Rottermund. Uh, everybody's listening to us and winning seats. I love that. I love it when we've got members of the audience who are actually out there doing something, making it happen. Congratulations to all of you. And I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that um, we see some changes in Fairbanks because we could definitely, definitely use them. We need to see, we need to see some changes in Fairbanks. I mean, I I have not lived in Fairbanks. This is we're coming up on ten years. That's no, yeah, no. I'm sorry, eight years. I left in 2014, so eight years. This, in fact, this month is eight years. So uh, it's been eight years since I left the interior, and um, I mean, it was it was moving hard in the blue direction when I left, and now. Uh, maybe the tide is shifting. Maybe that pendulum is swinging back in the other direction. You can only hope so. You can only hope so. Uh, in other news, yesterday we talked a lot about the uh, campaign of hate and misinformation and outright lies and libelous attacks on um, Kelly Shabaka. And I was, you know, I, I'm just so frustrated by the whole thing because specifically, this is what irritates me, is that the Senate Leadership Fund, which is the mechanism in the pack behind um, behind these attacks, uh, is funded 
by Republicans. It's funded by Republicans from all over the country who are giving to the Senate Leadership Fund supposedly to solidify congressional hold on the Senate. And that money, those dollars being given by Republicans is being used to attack the Republican in the race. Now, I apparently was not the only one who was incensed by this. The Alaska Republicans from District 6, which is down in Homer, it used to be District 31, I believe, is the right district, if I'm not mistaken, um, has issued a resolution condemning by name Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and the Senate Leadership Fund's support of Lisa Murkowski. Uh, they put out a resolution uh, that states that um, the Republican Party approved a resolution back in March of 2021 censuring Lisa Murkowski and that the censure prohibited Murkowski from being a candidate in any Republican primary to the extent legally permissible and that the Republican Party endorsed Kelly Chewbacca as the Republican Party's candidate for the Senate and that the Senate Leadership Fund, under the direction of Senator Mitch McConnell has provided significant financial support to Senator Murkowski's reelection in direct contradiction of the position of the Alaska Republican Party, and that much of that financial support has been used for libelous political attack ads targeted at Kelly Chewbacca that are gross distortions of the fact. They have now issued a letter of condemnation, be it, be it resolved that the District 6 Republican Committee, that the Senator Mitch McConnell and the Senate Leadership Fund be condemned for not honoring the action taken by the Alaska Republican Party to censure Murkowski, and be it further resolved that the Senator Mitch McConnell and the Senate Leadership Fund withhold all support of Senator Murkowski and immediately cease and desist funding the attack ads directed on Kelly Chewbacca. Now, this is just one district, but Must Read Alaska has got this story up on it as well. And in a comment that she said, uh, she said, one political observer from the Kenai said, this is the spark that will ignite the Republican districts and clubs across the state. I hope so. I hope that there are other, I hope that the other Republicans, I mean, I cannot believe a Republican would look at this and go, well, that's okay. You know, that's, that's fine. And Republican Party Chairwoman Ann Brown issued a lukewarm statement because she doesn't, uh, I mean, I'll give her props. She defends Kelly without naming names and attackers, without naming the Senate Leadership Fund, without naming Mitch McConnell. Her her uh, her short statement said, U.S. Senate candidate Kelly Shibaka announced her candidacy in March of 21. The Alaska Republican Party endorsed her and is proud to support her. She's been campaigning all over the state, meeting and listening with voters. We know Kelly's message of it's time for a change is resonating because recently we are seeing quite a few attack ads against her. Don't believe those ads. To learn the truth about Kelly, go to kellyforalaska.com. Oh, that's just so lukewarm. I mean, it's it's truthful and everything, but it's so lukewarm. And if you're listening, if somebody out there is listening in your office or listening for you or reporting back to you, if you're reporting back to Ann Brown, tell her. And you need to tell these people that the Senate Leadership Fund is using Republican donations to attack Kelly Shabaka and prop up Lisa Murkowski, the censured candidate. That's what you need. If you are a leader, 
if if you and and I'm I'm just saying that that's an if right now. If you are a leader, you need to stand up and point out the hard truth to people. That the monies that the Senate Leadership Fund is receiving is to, is supposed to be to protect the Republican conservative majority in the Senate and instead they're attacking Kelly Shibaka and defending and you know ergo defending Lisa Murkowski who can only be counted on to vote with Mitch McConnell what 60% of the time maybe if I was leading the party, if I was the figurehead and the and the chairperson of the party, I would be railing against this through every channel that I could find. Press releases, internet, news media, radio ads, I would be doing whatever I could to say, this is insane. You are using Republican money donated to further conservative Republican values to attack somebody who espouses all those values and in support of somebody who has been censured by the party. Uh, Sorry, didn't mean to get all wound up about that. But, I mean, that is absolutely insane. And this lukewarm, and, and, and I, I don't want to beat up too bad head on Ann Brown, but come on, Ann. That is like the most Luke. The District 6 Republicans lay it out in plain language. And you're just very lukewarm. Like, do you not want to offend Mitch? Is that the problem? Does Mitch hold so much sway that you don't want to offend him by naming him or the Senate Leadership Fund? Call a spade a spade. Call it out. Inform Alaskans and Alaska Republicans specifically who you are supposed to represent and tell them that this is what's happening. Because some people just haven't made the connection. They don't know who the Senate Leadership Fund is. They don't know that it's part of Mitch McConnell's baby. They don't understand or haven't thought through enough to understand that this this whole thing is funded by Republican money that people have donated and they are using it to then batter. I mean, you should be mad, first of all, that it's Republican money being used to attack true registered endorsed Republicans. Second of all, you ought to be furious that it is outside money that is coming in to attack what the people and the Republican Party and the local districts have decided. Right? You ought to be mad as hell about that. Now, the only thing that I, I'm, I'm happy about is that uh, yesterday somebody called into the program and said something about these attack ads for Murkowski on Shabaka. And I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was that called. Um, but I was kind of happy about that because I said, so you thought these ads were from Murkowski. They're actually from the Senate Leadership Fund. And they were just disgusted by the ads, which is good. I think that there's going to be a huge backlash on this. I really do. And I'm waiting. Now, it's been almost a week. We had Kelly on the program on Monday. Uh, it's, been, it's been almost a week. She said that they are work, they've got attorneys working on it and everything else. There needs to be a cease and desist on this from um, 
from uh, uh, the the Senate Leadership Fund. I mean, there needs to be an attorney needs to send a letter to say what you're saying is is libelous. It's scant, you know, it's slander. It's scandalous. It's it's libelous, and uh, and somebody needs to be taken to court. Yep, that's 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 where I'm at right there. Somebody needs to be taken to court. Okay. This is just a perfect picture of why the Republican Party is weak. Right here. This is a perfect picture of why they have failed to help keep Alaska red. Because they, again, circle the wagons and shoot inward. Let's annihilate each other. Let's just annihilate each other. And we'll find the, you know, that'll leave the more, you know, moderate, liberal, progressive, kumbaya people. They'll just pick up the pieces after we kill each other. That'll be fine. All right. Phone lines are open. (laughs) You better slow me down. 907-433-3150. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, I just saw a comment that's going to make blood shoot out of my eyes. All right. Uh, Sharice Millette's in the chat room, and she just said, Sounds like Ann's doing a good job, in my humble opinion. The last thing Republicans need is more infighting. Sharice, with all due respect... You need to call out when something like this is going on, you need to inform Alaskans. Murkowski was censured by the party as a whole. Chewbacca was endorsed by the party as a whole. Mitch McConnell is taking Republican funds. You know, you want to talk about the last thing Republicans need is more infighting? Somebody should tell Mitch McConnell that. He's taking those Republican funds and attacking the endorsed candidate from the party. I mean, that, that's not creating, that's not starting more infighting. That's pointing out the truth and clarifying it for people who understand. I mean, again, with all due respect to Ann, I think that that response was lukewarm. You need to call it out when it's there. That's not creating more infighting. That is that is producing the truth and letting people make their decisions. Now, if the infighting comes out of it, it's because what they're doing is wrong. I mean, again, this is what I have been arguing about for the last 10 years on this program is that the Republican Party in the state of Alaska is in a desperate need for strong leadership. But, I mean, maybe that's just me. I don't know. Maybe you agree with maybe you agree with Sharice. Uh, you know, I, I, I'd love to hear it. Give me a call. Tell me all about it. 26 degrees this morning outside the old uh, radio ranch. Rick says he's got 18 degrees. That's just down the road from me here, not too far away. Rick does. Uh, yeah, little little chill. This is a little chill this morning. Um, all right. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Yeah, baby, says Cyrus. Let's get it on, in the words of the great Judge Mills Lane. 
good, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hello, all my little friends. Hello. Uh, any red wave is a good wave. I agree, Terry. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, you know, when you hear red wave, you think, you know, you know, like crashing over the beach. And this is more like at knee level. It was good. I'm not complaining. But, you know. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, McConnell and Murkowski are fraud, somebody said. And where's Dan Sullivan? Swimming, swimming in the deep end. Um McConnell and the rest of the swamp, says Michael, does not want more people. There will cause problems for their country club of corruption and money machines. They want status quo. And I would agree that that's really kind of what McConnell wants. Um, Thanks for hitting on the Senate leadership fund, says Rick. I looked up the first time I've seen it. McConnell's two-faced. Congress is a joke. I mean, yeah, that's a part of the part of the things. OK, I'm, I'm keeping going through here. His beard may catch fire. No, it's going to be fine. Um, if Alaska, yeah, if the Alaska GOP won't stand up to Mitch McConnell, we have to start calling him. That's, that's part of the problem. Um, it's not infighting, says Jeannie. It's the worst behavior ever. 12th grade, 12th grade. I think you're giving them too many props. This is like middle school, at least by 12th grade. We, you know, we're. We're semi-emotionally mature, but this is like right when the turn is happening, right? And we're, you, you're all pumped full of hormones and your voice is cracking and you're... <laughs> That's infighting. <laughs> My God, just, you know, uh, I, you know, again, with all due respect to Sharice, I think that she is 110% wrong on this one. I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't disagree more. You need to call it out when you see it. Otherwise, it just continues. If you don't call it out, the behavior just continues. 15 degrees in Goldstream, 19 degrees in Kenai. Man, you guys like the same level all over the state. All right, we got to go. We're jumping back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Pick up that phone and dial. Let's get it done. may have gotten a little carried away there uh but that's okay sometimes that's the best thing you can do now uh there was an interesting comment in the chat room uh during the uh, uh while we were talking here um uh, the former legislator uh Charisse Millette was uh commenting on my criticism of Ann Brown the current chairwoman of the Republican Party she said that uh, it sounds like Ann is doing a good job, in my humble opinion. The last thing Republicans need is more infighting. To which I said, it's no, it's not. Look, it's not creating more. You are already under attack. That's like saying that, you know, you're under attack from the outside and you the leader shouldn't say, there's the enemy, go at him. It's like you're being attacked from the outside and you're like, well, don't point him out because... You know, we don't need to have more fighting. You are already under attack. And the worst part is, it's your supposed allies 
who are attacking you. I mean, that'd be like, you know, World War I, Battle of the Somme, and the French turn on you and start to attack you. Uh, I mean, while you're fighting, mean, you're already fighting the Germans. Why do you need? And, you know, well, we shouldn't point out at the French and say they're attacking us because we don't need more infighting. Are you in? It's probably not a very good analogy, but it's the first one that came to mind. I mean, seriously. Seriously. The Republican Party is losing members based on a purity test and the tent will become smaller and we will continue to lose seats, she said. The Republican Party is losing members because they failed to hold the membership accountable to the platform. If you want to change the platform, I'm all for that. But when you got party members out there that are running in blatant contravention of the party principles and platform, some of them are adhering and some of them aren't, that's where the problem lies. Maybe the Republican Party needs to become smaller. Maybe there needs to be a third party change, uh, you know, change. Maybe there needs maybe that's what eventually needs to happen. But I mean, Sharice, can you tell me that you are can you tell me that you are uh, pleased or okay with, I guess not pleased, pleased is not the right word. Can you tell me that you are okay with the Senate Leadership Fund and Mitch McConnell, run by Mitch McConnell, it's his brainchild, it's his baby, taking money from Republicans ostensibly to create and defend and support a Republican, um, a Republican-dominated Senate can you truthfully say that you're okay with him taking those dollars and using them to chisel away at the supported, nominated, endorsed, declared Republican candidate in the state? Can you say you're okay with that? I mean, I'll wait. Is that, is that what you're saying? See, that, that's, what, that's what gets me. Is it we're taking, again, going back to the to the whole battlefield thing, you know, not only are they attacking us, they're taking our own ammunition and using it against us. They're taking our own guns and bullets and weapons and tanks and using them against us. Stuff that we gave them to help defend. And instead, they're turning them inward and using them on us. Are you telling me that you're okay with that? And that by naming them, that creates more problems and infightings for the Republican Party. I'm, I'm just asking. That's all I'm. That's all I'm asking. I'm not trying to attack. I'm not trying to. I mean, if you could tell me that you're okay with that, then I guess we're just going to have to agree to disagree. But I cannot find a way that I think that that is okay. Let's go over to the phones to see what you have to say. Phone lines uh, are open, open line, open form here in the first hour. John Cunningham joining us in hour two, 907-433-3150. Let's go over here to the phones. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Jeremy in Casilla. Good morning, Jeremy. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, uh, did you hear that Tulsi Gabbard left the Democrat Party? Yeah. She... And... Uh, I think that whole house of cards is about to collapse. So, uh, and as far as, you know, Mitch and uh, Murkowski goes, you know, 
Uh, is he up for re-election this year, uh, Mitch McConnell? Dukes, do you know? I believe he is. I believe McConnell is up for re-election this year, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, and uh, another question I have is, uh, where is Rand Paul to call out this uh, nub? I mean, because that's what he is—a nub. I mean, right. I don't know. He, I don't know he, where Rand. He ain't that important. Yeah, I don't know where Rand Paul is on this right now. I don't know if he's even aware of what's going on. I know that it's gained some national attention. There was an article in the Washington Times, and Suzanne Downing had a piece in the Daily Caller. So I know it's starting to gain some attention, but I don't know is that it's hit the national stage yet, uh, Jeremy. Yeah. Well, Rand Paul needs to call McConnell out. You know, they're both from Kentucky. And, uh, yeah, I think it's important that uh, people call McConnell out and and the National Republican Party because, I mean, I'm a, Repo- I'm a registered Republican, but I'm about to leave. I kind of like... Uh, Bob Bird's, uh, you know, the independent party, the last independence recently, party, uh, right. revamped their, uh, platform. And I'm thinking about going over to the independent party. Sure. I mean, you could just be unregistered, undeclared. That way you don't have to swear allegiance to anybody. And then you could pick and choose whatever you want to do. Um, Alaska Independence Party, the Libertarians, the the Alaska Constitution Party, the Veterans Party, whatever it is, or just undeclared independent. That there, there are more undeclared independents in this state than there are both Democrats and Republicans. So I, you know, to me, it doesn't matter one way or the other. But if you're going to be part of a, yes, of a system, then you should adhere to that. It's pretty sad the state of the Republican Party and them. Kind of ashamed to be a member of it right now. Well, I would be, not be ashamed. The truth, I wouldn't be ashamed, Jeremy. I would just be frustrated if I were if I were you and I was and I was a member of the party. I would be just as fr- if not more than I'm frustrated right now. That's what would go on. Jeremy, thank you for your call. I appreciate you calling in. It's good to hear from you down on the Kenai. Thanks for uh, being part of it. Um, Sharice Millette agreed, uh, said in the in the chat room that she is she's okay with the attacks that Mitch McConnell has levered against uh, uh, against uh, Shibaka. And she's okay with him using Republican money to attack the Republican candidate, which I have a hard time believing. I mean, I have a hard time, and unless I'm misreading what she said here, she just said, I am, which I'm assuming means she is. Uh, in fact, because I said, are you okay with? And she said, I am. So maybe if there's something else she want, uh, you know, Explain to me how it's okay. Uh, I mean, Sharice, you can call in and we can talk about it. I Explain to me why that's okay and how you justify that. How anybody could justify that. I mean, yeah. And the, the irony of this is Jeff, uh, Jeff in the chat room just said, for your information, those Senate leadership fund uh, libel ads are often aired on your radio during your breaks. I know. Some stations are taking them. Some stations are not. I know the uh, I know that um, uh, the Peninsula stations I know refused the ads. Uh, other stations across the state have not. Um, 
And so it's, you know, I, 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 I problematic. Uh, District 6 Republicans are also writing a scathing resolution to the Alaska Republican Party uh, and Ann Brown for their financial support of Gary Stevens over our endorsed candidate, He Smith. It will come out soon, said Kathy. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of frustration coming out of District 6 right now. Um, And I agree that's part of the problem. Um, All right. We got another phone call I want to get to here. Uh, So we'll get started. I see Sharice's commented. Oops, nope. Did they join? Did they leave? Did they join? Sometimes there's a sometimes there's a bit of a delay before I get the notification that they're on the line. Uh, so we'll hold on for just a second before I read Sharice's comment. I see here it's uh, in the chat room. She has commented on that. And uh, but the phone lines are open at 433-3150, 433-3150. Okay. Uh, we'll go over to the phones now. Uh, good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Mike. It's Lee out of Denali. Hello, Lee. What's on your mind, my friend? Well, brother, a lot of uh, upheaval in our so-called Republican Party, but a couple of rays of uh, light with regard to Senate race for uh, District O. You're looking at Mike Shower, and apparently his uh, primary uh, competitor is going to be Mr. Massey. He used to be the director for public safety in the state. Right. I had the great honor to sit down with uh, Mr. Shower and uh, uh, Representative McCabe as they were coming to visit some of the local communities in this new meandering district that we've been assigned. And I got to tell you, it was enlightening in every degree because these people, as in Mike Shower and Kevin McCabe, actually understand what's going on that affect people here in Denali Borough and in the broader district at large. Reason being, you'll look. And you'll see these people have been to Valdez, they've been to Wasilla, they've been to Healy, they've been to areas just outside of Clear Space Force Station, Anderson. In other words, I don't see anybody else out here selling the good news. So it's just a plug for these guys that if you're looking for leadership, if you're looking for a responsible party representation, there's two members that we can point to right now right. that they're doing the right things for the people. Right. Walking the walk, Just talking like the talk. Feedback on your thoughts on it. Yeah, no, doing the thing. I mean, they're doing the work. Uh, I've reached out to Doug Massey's campaign twice now. Won't come on the pro- – won't, I can't get a response. So I'm assuming that uh, they don't want to come on the program uh, because I was going to offer him a head-to-head debate uh, like we're doing next week with uh, Ron Gillum and Justin Ruffridge. We're going to do a head-to-head two-hour debate between the two of them on the air. Um, and I was going to offer the same thing to Doug Massey and Mike Shower, and uh, I can't get a response. Uh, and so it tells me that if you're not willing to come on and answer questions and talk about things, or I'll do a, I'll do, if he doesn't want to do a debate, I'll just do the one hour interview that I've been doing with candidates asking pretty much the same questions of every candidate. If you go back and listen to the shows, it's pretty much very similar questions along the same veins for every candidate, be they Democrats like Les Guerra or conservatives like, you know, whoever, Mike Shower, Kevin McCabe, it doesn't matter. They, you owe that to your constituency to be able to go out there and talk with them and and do that. And if you're not willing to show up, that's a problem. Well, in this particular case, uh, Mike, I got to tell you that uh, I've reached out to uh, his uh, campaign. I've actually gave a rather stinging rebuke on one of his uh, Facebook page posts saying, basically, where are you at? Put up or shut up because we're here. And if you can't find us on a map, I'll send you one that's highlighted. But I mean, this is the guy that was the director of public safety in this state. 
and I do mean Mr. Massey, that he didn't get on the floor and, and do the things that any legitimate public servant would do whenever you have the legislative body of this state making a mockery out of public safety like they've done with regard to some of the uh, statutes that they put into effect. In other right. words, he was go along to get along. And, well, and, uh, and just find that Mr. Shower has been. Yeah, just for clarification, Massey wasn't the director of public safety. He was the head of the wildlife troopers. That's what he was. He was the head of the uh, fishing or the state trooper, the wildlife troopers, the brown shirts of the uh, of the trooper division. But yeah, you're right. Exactly. If he won't if he won't come out, then I mean, we need to we need to. I think you need to be able to to step forward and talk to people and be able to answer some just some basic questions about your philosophies and where you stand. So yeah. Yes, sir. And again, Mike, I, I appreciate very much the fact you've taken the, the fight to the airwaves to keep people posted on things, uh, because it's obvious that a lot of folks aren't paying attention, although in Fairbanks there was enough paying attention to get folks into positions that would be helpful for just yeah. about everybody, not just, you know, not just merely uh, be conservatives. They're actually in it for the people as citizens. And, and I think that a lot of these folks, and in this, uh, particular Mr. Pruse, I don't think he sees a party. I think he sees people trying to, to push forward with their lives, and he's trying to help everybody as we go along. Yeah. And honestly, that is what is missing with regard to so-called party representation. Well, and I agree, and I think that's why you see more independence in this state than anything else, and we'll continue to do so. Hey, thanks so much for the uh, call, uh, Lee. I'm out of time. i got to go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. More phone calls when we return. What is that? Common Sense. Regularly heard on American Radio. Michael Duke Show. Uh, okay. Robbie said brown shirts. I didn't mean that derogatorily. It's just that wildlife troopers, I don't know if they still do that, but they used to have brown uniforms as opposed to, as opposed to blue uniforms from the, you know, the, the rank and file troopers are in blue uniforms and the wildlife troopers were in brown uniforms. Maybe it's not the same. It's just, that's how I associate the difference between the two divisions. So. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't. I was didn't mean it as a derogatory brown shirt thing. It was just blue shirts and brown shirts. That was the thing back there. Um. All right. Um. Okay. I'm going. I'm going back here. Uh. Oh, we got a caller on hold. I got to talk to the caller on hold real quick to get their name and where they're calling from, so we can start with their call when we jump back from the uh, commercial break. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Ron in North Pole. Hey, Ron. Well, hold the line, my friend. I'll be right back to you. Don't go anywhere. Ron is going to be first up uh, on the queue on the other side. Let me uh, let me go back over here. Okay. So here was the comment from Sharice that I wasn't I didn't get to because we were doing calls, and I haven't read it. So you and I are going to read it together on the air right here. It happens right here all the time. Tuckerman ran his handpicked candidates against endorsed candidates all the time. I don't have a problem with that. The Republican Party in Alaska doesn't even follow its own rules. I imagine the Senate Republican Fund is trying to get a majority back in charge. And the other candidate has already said she will not support the Senate leadership, so I'm not surprised. Okay. So, I mean, that's a valid argument to say if she is not going to play the same games in Washington that many others, that there's probably some worry that she might be bucking Senate leadership. Okay, I got that. But again, this idea that they're running these libelous and scandalous ads against a candidate that was picked in the state— 
I still have a problem with it. I would not have been happy. Uh, I mean, again, I would disagree with Tuckerman uh, running picked candidates against endorsed candidates. I would. I'm not happy with that either. I mean, either the districts get a chance to pick their candidates, and they get a chance to endorse their candidates, and especially against a censured candidate. That's what really bugs me. I mean, I'm not into playing the political games like that, but I mean, I guess that's politics. Uh, and so, yeah, so maybe Mitch has got her in her crosshairs because he's, she said that she's not going to necessarily play nice with him in charge. So we'll, we'll have to see. All right. Um, <laughs> and Bill said, wow, you guys are getting catty. Bill said, Sharice is part of the problem, not the solution. And Sharice says, Bill Brock, I'll wear that as a badge of honor. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not, look, I'm not here to attack Sharice. We can disagree. We can agree to disagree. Uh, I've agreed with Sharice on a lot of stuff and I've disagreed with her on a lot of stuff. But I mean, you know, I think still what we should have is a conversation that explains why, you know, why things are the way they are. I mean, that's just, you know. Uh, um, okay. Um, tired. Uh, Nina says, I'm tired of the Republican party as well. All the games played in Fairbanks is insane. I don't like the manipulation. People right now need real solutions and real representation now, but the people don't run anything. Pockets not deep enough, not a part of the wealthy click, Bye bye. It's a real problem. Again, I think what, I think what, uh, what Lee just said and what, uh, what Jeremy said earlier makes sense. I mean, people are frustrated with the party because, again, all we seem to get, you know, there's one thing you could say about the Democrats, for the most part, for the most part, as a general rule, they don't turn on each other and attack each other. Now, you are seeing some some divisions in the um, in the National Party. Again, you saw Tulsi Gabbard just, you know, she just left the, the Democratic Party. Uh, we knew that, you know, Zell Miller back in the day, um, who was a blue dog Democrat. He went, he left the party and said, you know, I didn't leave my party. My party left me, you know, as it continued to move from more moderate stances to more extremes. And we saw that kind of thing. And so we are seeing some pushback now as the more uh, radical wings of the party are kind of taking the AOCs of the world are taking more control of their party. So there is a little bit of infighting. But historically, the Democrats have been much more kumbaya, get along, unified front than anybody else. But the Republicans, it's been a hot mess in this state for decades, decades. And yeah, maybe it's time to jettison the party and just look for people who, who, who you know, represent your ideals. Smaller, more limited government, conservative, leave me alone and I'll leave you alone. I don't care what you do as long as it doesn't interfere with my rights and we don't spend government money on it. I'm all for that. Maybe it's time for more of a more libertarian ideal to come in there. I mean, that's that's what it's about. Maybe it's time for a third. And I'm not saying even an organized third party. I mean, I'm not a libertarian party member. I'm just a libertarian. There's a difference. I'm small L libertarian. There's a difference. I'm not registered with any party. haven't registered with any party. I just believe in those libertarian ideals. It means I can support anybody that I want. 
That's, I think, the answer to what we're looking for. All right, more calls on hold, but Ron's up first. We got to jump back into it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Well, hi. Fight's on. That's what that bell means. Round one. Begin. No. <laughs> That's a reminder. We got. I got to shut my pie hole, and we got to come back on over to the. Uh, got to come back over to the phone lines and take some phone calls. It's open line, open forum. Ron Cunningham, candidate for Senate District K, is coming up here in just a few minutes. But we are uh, finishing out this program this morning in hour one with some phone calls. Ron is on the line from North Pole. He's been on hold for a bit. Ron, thanks for holding. What's on your mind this morning? What are your thoughts on on what I've been ranting about this morning? Well, that, that was the reason I called, and I'll try to be brief, but I would suggest that a friend of mine has it down pretty well when he continues to say, follow the money. And that, I believe, is the uh, explanation for the, uh, to use your words, uh, lukewarm Republicans, because they're looking to the future and would like to get their hands in a kitty. Uh, there yeah. is a way to get around that, and clearly that is to vote yes on the con-con. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I I agree. I think that the reason why Mitch McConnell wasn't named and the Senate Leadership Fund wasn't named is that, you know, we don't want to offend anybody who's in power because later on we need we may need to come to them hat in hand and have them help us with something. So I understand the reason why it didn't happen. I'm just not I'm 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 just disagreeing with the need uh, for something like that, because that's not the kind of friend I want. Right. I mean, I'm not going to you know, I'm not going to go back to my friend hat in hand later and say, hey, can I get some money? Can you be my sugar daddy and give me some money for this event or this campaign or this election? Uh, If that's the kind of guy he is to begin with, if he's the kind of guy that's going to attack, attack, attack with, I mean, just spurious and slanderous ads that are blatantly, I mean, flat out falsehoods and spend millions of dollars on it and attack a candidate that's been endorsed. That's not the kind of person that I want to have as a friend. You know what I mean? Well, and and I would suggest, too, that uh, those folks, uh, Mr. McConnell's fund and uh, just about every other entity outside that is involved in the political picture, views us as nothing more than an unending pumping gooseneck with a national park thrown in for good measure. Yeah. Yeah, that's you're not you're not wrong. I don't think you're wrong in that one, Ron. Hey, thanks, brother, for calling in and uh, being part of the program this morning. I appreciate it. Uh, all right, uh, let's go over here. Another call on hold this morning. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi. Good morning, Michael. It's Rob Myers. Hello, Rob. How are you, my friend? Whoop. I am doing well this morning. Hey, I I hate to get you off your tirade. It's been entertaining so far this morning, but uh, I just wanted to call in real quick uh, because I've got a meet and greet coming up tomorrow night out in Two Rivers, out at the uh, uh, Two Rivers uh, Community Hall. Um, There'll be a bunch of signs up at uh, 5.30. We'll serve a few refreshments. Uh, We'll sit around and chat and uh, just trying to to get the word out and uh, meet, meet a few more people. Uh, as we're as we're coming down to the wire with the election. All right, tomorrow night, Two Rivers. What time? Where? What time? Five five thirty 
at the uh, Two Rivers Community Hall. All right, 530, Two Rivers Community Hall. Rob Myers, meet and greet. Come on out, meet your senator, and uh, and uh, and good stuff. All right, well, thanks, Rob. I appreciate it. Uh, I mean, do you, do you want to sound off on what I've talked about, or do you want to not touch that hand grenade? I I think you're doing a fine job, Michael, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna stay away from that one. Put the pin back in and walk gently away. I see how you are. All right, Rob. Thanks uh, for your call. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks for calling in and joining yep, us. Yeah, you have a good. Yeah. Thanks so much. All right, that leaves all the lines open. All the lines are open now. Uh, on this, I did not expect to spend as much on this topic as I have, but um, as you can tell, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, turned up about it. Turned, I'm turned, I'm a little burned up about this whole thing uh, because, again, to me, it just seems. <sighs> I mean, I was going to say it's all about politics, which, duh, it's about, but I just, I guess, sometimes I just look at it and I go. Most people, I don't think most people look at this through the lens of politics. They want, they want to, they want to support what they believe is important. You know, a strong uh, Republican majority in the Senate. They want strong Republican Party candidates who adhere to the platform and do all these things. And so they give their money, assuming that that's what's going to happen. And then instead, we see the money instead turned on its head and used to beat down and just, I mean again blistering if you if you if you spend any time on the internet all you're seeing are these just these blistering ads that are you know and i guess the, my my one thought is is that like i said earlier on yesterday at the end of the program a caller called in and said she was just sick of these ads for murkowski that were running down kelly chewbacca and they're not from Ke- they're not from lisa they're from the Senate Leadership Fund. And so maybe that is part of the silver lining in this is that more people are understanding that um, or thinking that is from Lisa. So that might that little piece of blowback might help a little bit in those regards. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's just crazy. Uh, again, I didn't think I was going to spend this much time on it, but obviously I got a little heated. So there you go. Let's go over to the phones, take another call before we run out of time for this hour. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Charlie and Homer. Hello, Charlie. I just wanted to call and let folks know, let your listeners know that we're having a uh, meet and greet, a, uh, a get out the vote rally Monday evening from 6 to 8 at Land's End. We're going to have Kelly Shabaka there, Nick Baggage, uh, Sarah Vance, and Heath Smith. Uh, we're going to have Bob Bird there talking about the Constitutional Convention. It's going to be a great evening have some refreshments and uh, opportunity to meet the candidates, talk with them, uh, hear the real story on some of these issues that are going on, and uh, hopefully get everybody excited enough to get out and vote to make some changes in our state. Okay, so Friday, 6 to 8, Land's End? No, no, Monday. Monday, 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 6 to 8, Land's End. All right, so this coming Monday, 6 to 8 p.m., Land's End, out at the end of the spit. Um, and you said uh, Kelly Shabaka, Nick Baggage, Heath uh, Smith, and uh, Sarah Vance. Uh, get out the vote. All That's right. correct. And Bob Bird. And Bob yeah, Bird. And Bob Bird. Yep. They're talking about the Constitution Convention. And Bob Bird. All right. Well, sounds like a heck of a night. So uh, sounds sounds like fun. Wish I was, was going to be there. So... Uh, 
Um, we, we do too. Come on down. <laughs> Come on down. I got so much stuff going on. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Charlie, for, uh, for coming on board and sharing with us. I really appreciate it. Um, okay. So we are, uh, we're a minute away. I, I got, I got no more time to really do much of anything. So we're going to, uh, uh, we're going to, we're going to pull the plug on this and we're going to be looking at hour two, which is dead ahead. John Cunningham is going to be our guest. John is the Republican candidate for Senate District K down in Anchorage, which is the district that's currently being represented uh, represented by uh, Democratic Senator Bill Wilikowski. Now, again, Wilikowski is somebody that I can work with. Uh, I like Bill. I think he's a heck of a nice guy. He's got good stances on the PFD and other things. But I'd be interested to see what a Republican could do in that seat as well. So we'll get some good information from um, uh, John Cunningham here in just a moment, and we'll see what that's all about. Meanwhile, if you got to go for the day, just want to remind you to be kind to one another, love one another, live well. We'll be back with more Common Sense Radio, The Michael Duke Show, right after this. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Um, oh man, I just, um, I'm I'm just, I'm scrolling through some of the comments here. Uh, it is a little cool this morning. Pardon me. I'm gonna turn that on. Hopefully, it's not too loud for you guys, but uh, get a little bit of a uh, little bit of heat. I came in this morning. My son was using my studio last night, and uh, um, and the window was wide open this morning. Well, not wide, but you know, a good eight inches this morning. It was a little chill in here, and uh, I need to get a little more heat in the uh, uh, in the in the in the stuff here. Okay. Um, uh, okay. Uh, Mike Shower, Kevin McCabe are straight up. Uh, whoops. They are for Alaska. They must go back to Juno, said Terry. I like that. I like that as well. Um, if, uh, if, uh, just source the most struggles in this in um, Harold says, Sharice Millette, the GOP is the source of the most of Alaska's negative economic and social metrics, a struggling private sector, huge bloated operating budget, ineffective implementation of the budget to maintain the three constitutional mandates of public safety, effective education, and sustainable infrastructure. My God. Harold and I actually agree on something. Did you just feel that? The earth just lurched a little bit when I said that. Because he's right. I've said that for years. The Alaska GOP is part is, is the really <laughs> a big part of the problem. I mean, you know, who was in charge when we spent $14 billion out of our savings and refused to acknowledge that we had a problem? Who were the ones that were in charge of a lot of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just saying. Um, um, we need Kelly... Uh, she's a fighter, Kelly, Kelly, Kelly Chewbacca. 
Uh, although Sharice did agree that civil debate is good, and she said she appreciated the conversation. And I appreciate you coming on, Sharice. I appreciate you listening. Um, I mean, we may not agree, but I think it's always good to get both sides of the um, both sides of the debate out there. Uh, all right. The Republican Party has been in turmoil since the Dems started infiltrating it. They figured out a long time ago that they were able to hide behind an I or an R and get elected much easier than running behind a D. Unfortunately, the Republicans have failed to properly handle this issue from the start, and now we have a problem discussing that we are discussing every day on this show. Yeah, um, I, I would agree. Again, if you're part of a, of a club, and that's what these parties are, they're clubs, and you don't want to abide by the bylines and the rules of the bylaws and rules of the club, then get your own club. I mean, that's just, that's kind of what I would say. All right. Oh, icy cold. Um, call in, call in. Drop a grenade in the ATM watch money fly everywhere. It's a good conversation to have and discuss, says Sharice. I agree. I agree. This is something that I've been talking about for a long time. This is just one of the most egregious examples of this circling the wagons and shooting inward. Um, okay. Uh, the one, uh, this is one reason, says Kevin, why 501c3s are not supposed to be political because donors may not agree with the politics of the group. Northern Justice Project is a 501c3, etc. Okay. Um, all right. I see in the green room that, um, uh, John Cunningham is, uh, uh, in there with us right now. So I suggest that we uh, test his audio and get make sure everything's up and running and uh, we'll get started. So let's uh, let's bring John Cunningham up onto the program and uh, see what he has to say. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, good morning. How's it going, man? Good. Uh, I am just going to adjust your volume slightly here and uh, uh, make a test and just give me uh, just give me something else. Say hi. There we go. Let's uh, Give me a Mary had a little Hi. lamb or something like that. <laughs> Mary had a little lamb. I uh, see so you sound fleece good. was white as snow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everywhere that Mary went, the boys were sure to follow. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, John is is uh, in the chat room or in the uh, in the thing and ready to go. John, uh, we're going to uh, we're about a minute and a half out here, real quick. So I'm going to finish up with the uh, rest of the chatters in the chat room. I'm going to put you back in the green room. So just hold on for me for a second here, and I will be back to you in a hot minute, and we'll uh, we'll get that all squared away. Um, and this is for uh, Senate District. Okay. All right. I'm just adjusting. So oh, we got John's name up there and everything else. We got my name. We got John's name. We got everybody's name. We're all good to go. Um, uh, even w uh, I'm sorry. I'm going back now through some of the comments uh, to see what uh, some of you folks are saying. If you don't rank the red, says Jay, you get what happened in the special election, a Democrat going to Washington, D.C. And I agree. I mean, that was what, you know, you can't do it as a protest vote. You may not like the system. You you may not um, you may not like the, the you know, the, the rank choice voting, but you can't just say, I'm not going to participate. I'm going to take my toys and go play over here because you'll be excluded. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened with this. So uh, we're going to uh, uh, we're going to continue to talk about that. But we must we must rank in this election. 
uh, even if you got to hold your nose a little bit and rank for a Republican who may not be adhering to the party line as much as you'd like. I'd much rather rank. The only race that I would not do that in, in my opinion, is the Holland Geisel race, which we didn't get to talk about this morning, but we probably will later on. All right. Um, Got to go. We're ready to jump back into this. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. John Cunningham, our guest up next, candidate for Senate District K. We continue right now on The Michael Duke Show. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Around the world on the internet and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator, it is The Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live. Thanks for coming in and being part of it today with us. Uh, hour two of the big radio broadcast. We just finished up a very contentious hour of open line, open form, and discussion on, well, we got stuck on, we got stuck on the whole uh, Senate Leadership Fund thing, but uh, interesting conversation. If you missed it, you can go back and listen to it on the podcast afterwards and listen to it at your, you could listen to it at one and a half times speed. Somebody said that. I listen to you at one and a half times speed. So then whenever you're talking, you sound like you're talking like this all the time. It's going to be fast. That's great. Whatever, whatever floats your boat, my friend, that's what you need to do. Right now we're jumping into it uh, with our new guest uh, candidate for Senate District K, which is down in Anchorage. That's a seat currently held by Democrat, held by Democrat uh, Bill Wilikowski. Uh, we are talking with uh, John Cunningham, who joins us right now to talk about his candidacy and uh, give us some insight into uh, what he's thinking. Uh, he joins us this morning right now. Good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, good morning, Mike. I'm doing pretty darn good, man. Well, I appreciate you coming Thanks, on. Sir. Well, appreciate you coming on board. Thanks for uh, talking with us. Um, you know, first and foremost, I guess we should find out a little bit about uh, John Cunningham, who you are, where you are, where you came from. Uh, so give us a give us a little background about, uh, you know, who you are. All right. Well, uh, long story short or vice versa, I was born here. I was born in Anchorage. Uh, so I'm almost a real Alaskan, really close. Uh, went to school here. Yeah. yeah it's a, <laughs> I know, you're so I, close. You're I know this, born in Los Anchorage, score. right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, and, and it's a it's a heck of a place sometimes, and then other times it's a heck of a place. Uh, but uh, I, uh, I joined the military out of high school. Uh, I spent a few years in the active duty Marine Corps and uh, came home, met, met, a nice, met a nice girl. Both of us were born here, went to school here. Um, 
and uh, she's a she's a school teacher, math, high school. So I don't know. She's really smart. I'm not sure why she married me, but she did. And we've been together 15 years now. I've got two kids, uh, a house uh, here in East Anchorage where we lived for the last 10 years uh, before that in Midtown. And uh, I'm currently serving in the Air National Guard. I uh, just got back from the hurricane response. I was out there playing with uh, shovel sandbags and our sweet, sweet reflective vest. It was a great time. It was, it was so, a lot uh, of fun. I yeah. recommend it as a holiday for anybody. That sounds like a fun, fun time. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, if you got hardened hands, but you don't like the sides of your fingers, tie some tie some twine on sandbags, do about a couple thousand of them, and it'll rip your, it'll rip your skin right off. Exactly. <laughs> so a little bit of background in the military coming forward and air guard. Um, what do you do for, what do you do for a profession? Uh, I'm a machinist. Okay. All right. A manual machinist and a welder. Uh, that's my nine to five. I work uh, uh, at a mom and pop shop right here in Anchorage. And, uh, and I do it on the weekends for the air guard as well. Uh, you know, one week in a month, two weeks a year. That's right. Be all you can be. Um, all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, John, John, let's, uh, you know, let me talk to you for a second about uh, this is a question that I always like to ask of people who are fairly new to politics. I mean, do you have a background in politics? You've been following it. Have you been involved in your local, uh, you know, districts or assemblies or state? You know, what what, what kind of background in, in, is your political background? Yeah, so a few years ago, I started trying to get involved. I reached out to one of my local legislators here and said, hey, I'm concerned with the direction things are going. Um, and uh, and my, my uh, uh, house district leader uh, representative uh, was Gabrielle Ledoux at the time. And uh, she kind of gave me a vague, well, don't worry too much about it. You know, if I'm campaigning, I'll reach out to you or whatever. And I'm like, well, that's, weird. that's a weird thing to say. Um, but I'm sure she's busy. She was busy, you know. Uh, but then later on, I found out about, uh, through a, another friend, I can't remember who roped me into all this, uh, but I found out about these district meetings that would happen from time to time with, within the actual Republican Party. And I thought, well, uh, if we're going to remodel the House, I might as well get involved. Right, so, right. Well, you know, and that's really been as a volunteer. Uh, other than that, I'm just a voter. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not someone who's very well versed in all this, you know, probably going to commit some faux pas, maybe even on this radio show well, but as a politician and, and eventually as a, as a representative. Hey, so uh, for me. I commit faux pas each and, uh, each and every day. Hold on one second, John, I'm going to try and fix, uh, going to try and fix this real quick. Um, so this is the question that I love to ask to people who are kind of neophytes to the political game. So when exactly did you lose your mind? When exactly did you throw that hat at? I mean, what made you, was there a single thing where you were like, I'm mad as hell and I'm not, you're shaking your fist out the window or was it a cumulative effect? I mean, what was the thing that made you say, yeah, I think today I'll file to run for office? I think there's probably a new one every few months. Um, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. You're talking about that, that movie quote, right? Yeah, that's, that was a good flick. From the movie Network, um, right? Yeah. Yep. So the, uh, the one thing that really tipped it off was I just started watching uh, the process a little bit. And it was actually my house uh, legislator, uh, house house member uh, in District 15 back then. Is she's running this committee. And they're proposing amendments, and one of the amendments being proposed was something that would likely have fixed this whole PFD issue. This was years ago, I think 2018. And she simply stated, we will not be hearing any further amendments today. 
with plenty of time left in the day, it wasn't like they needed to, you know, go home. They're all stuck in Juno. What else, what else do they have to do? Right. You know, and I remember watching that and thinking, I don't remember all the details of that exact, you know, process, but I remember watching it and thinking, wait, you're cutting this guy off who's trying to fix this. Um, why? You know, what, what is the purpose of that? And then it was just a, a slow roll of, of the government inappropriately touching us for the last two years that really kind of got me teed off in, in the direction of actually running. Right, right. Um, I don't know if you've seen, well, you, you did, you, you lived in Fairbanks, so you were, you're part of the tale of two cities, right? You've got Anchorage who closed down during all of the COVID. Um, and then you've got these other places that stayed open. And I don't know, I, I haven't seen any excess funerals over there yet. Right. You know, kind of weird about that. Sherry and I used to go to date night out in Wasilla, and we would actually see people. Um, or we'd go play with the kids at the trampoline park in Wasilla, and we would see people out there who profess, you know, loyalty to the to the COVID hysteria, but they would go to Wasilla too, and you'd see them maskless running around just playing. And I just thought, man, a lot of this stuff's ticking me off. That's not even hypocrisy. That's something else entirely. Right. No. Right. I live in Wasilla, and so it was funny to watch. I live in Wasilla, but I work uh, work in the daytime. I work in Anchorage. And so it was always interesting to watch the difference, again, the tale of two cities between Anchorage and Wasilla, and to see what happened, and then to see what happened in Fairbanks, and to see what happened in the Kenai, and all these things. But Anchorage was just you know we got to lock down we've got to i mean it's just you know it was insane so i can see that pushing your buttons and getting you moving in the uh, in the right direction um let's uh let's talk a little bit now i'm assuming that since you've started the race you've had a chance to go out and talk with um your constituents and talk to some of the voters in your area and your neighbors and your districts what are they concerned about? Are they concerned about, you know, I mean, like, you know, PFD, crime, economy, COVID lockdowns? What, what, are your, what are your constituents most concerned about as you go out and talk to them in the streets? You hit a lot of the nails right on the heads, so to speak, there. That's been the main one. It's been actually very interesting to me to see, and I'm still new to politics as well as an operator in it, but I've had people ask me straight out when I knock on the door, hey, are you a Republican or a Democrat? Now I'm trying to target independent voters, right? I'm not going after Republicans or Democrats. I'm going after the people who don't pay attention to all that stuff, right? And a good deal of them, when I tell them, oh, I'm a Republican, a good deal of them go, oh, good. You know, I'm voting Republican this time because these Democrats are messing everything up. And I'm like, I, I get where they're coming from, but that's not where we want to go with this. You right. know, I, I'd like, right. to, I'd like, but that's, that's a, a significant amount of the responses I'm getting, which is a little troubling. I'd like people to look into stuff. Yeah, I'd like, like to just, see the issues yeah. rather than just the party label. What animal do you wear on your lapel? A donkey or an elephant or a porcupine or a hedgehog or what? It doesn't matter. What, yeah. what, what do you stand for? Some of these Republicans, quite frankly, aren't much better. And I don't know if you saw, uh, is, is House Bill 172 on your radar at all? Did you see that? Uh, what's the bill? I, I don't remember the number. Which one's that? That's all right. They, they all have numbers and half of the freaking crap is confusing. So uh, House, Bill, House Bill 172 is a mental health crisis bill uh, wrapped in Title IX and steeped in some involuntary detainment. Okay. And it's, a, and it's Alaska law. It passed on June the 18th, signed in a law. Right. So this is a problem. Right. Because any involuntary detainment as a result of a design of a bill not due to some loophole is in is it should not be tolerated 
Right. That's a low bar for a legislator or elected representative to understand and then vote accordingly. I got 18 yays on that and one absent. <laughs> that's it. In the Senate. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a tough deal. Now, the whole I read the whole thing and a good deal of it sounds really nice. It's couched in, oh, neat. We can respond to mental health crises without putting people in danger of being shot. Who doesn't want that? Um, we already have stuff like that in place. One, two, they, they, like I said, they launched it under Title IX, which is, uh, if, you're, if you're familiar, the difference that Title VIII allows for, uh, it's, a, it's a voluntary detainment clause. Under Title IX uh, is, sorry, I got to go through my... Do, 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 do. Here is, uh, yeah, article. Uh, it's an, uh, the incorporation of the Alaska statute, Article 9, allows for involuntary detainment. Right. If they had incorporated it under Article 8, they could have achieved everything they wanted in this bill. And that is a voluntary admission for treatment article. Right. Well, so that's just one one example. That's just of one bill. How right. jacked up everything is. No, and and I, and I I I agree with you that I think just because somebody uh, has got an R next to their name doesn't necessarily mean we were just spent the whole first hour of the program talking about how, you know, the R's uh, in this state have uh, have some culpability into the issues that we're dealing with now and where we're sitting right, right. now. Um, on the PFD, um, how big of an issue is that um, uh, w- when you talk to your constituents? Is a, is a full and a statutory PFD a big deal, or are they okay with the leftover? Or what's kind of the give me the give me the temperature of the room as you walk around the the, the, the district? Some of the more informed people are pretty upset that they are not being given. It's kind of silly in acreage, right? But they're not being given their right to produce. On their own property let's say they want to go buy a dredge out there and uh go get a dredge and go buy a, a, pro- a plot and do a claim well you still got to pull a lease you got to do the permitting process you got to do a lot of stuff you don't have to do in texas or oklahoma because here you can't really truly 100 percent own the natural resources and the right. result the, the the trade-off for that is that everyone gets a dividend as a result of energy production it helps offset that a little bit right um the government has decided in its infinite wisdom to slice off more and more of the people's portion of that we are the shareholders and until they fix that so most people most people aren't happy with it no, sorry that's the long drawn out politically version but yeah people want their money if the roles were reversed the government would be banging on your door if you owed them 30 grand yeah minimum well, it's probably more than that with interest and all other you know ass- uh, uh, assets you know calculated right. i would uh, yeah i've often advocated that what we should do is as Alaskans is that we should receive the, we should receive all the revenue directly as a stipend and then they should issue us a tax bill. Uh, but then I would say that there would be pitchforks and torches marching all the way down to Juneau across the water because uh, people would be upset if you got a $30,000 check and then had to write the government a check for 28,000 bucks or whatever it is. You know, I mean, that's and, a, uh, it's a significant jump. Oh yeah. And, and that could be probably counted as income, I think. And then the feds would be chomping at it a little sure, bit too. Sure. You know, well, it, the way it, the way it is right now, it's one of those, if it wasn't broke, don't fix it type moments, but they went blue right past that. Well, and I think, I think so. my argument has been that they like it that way, that they don't necessarily, like you said, there's been opportunities to fix it and they haven't wanted to fix it. And at some point you got to start asking, well, is this the crisis that they want to continue? Because it, it gives them the opportunity to create and, and, you know, hurt some of these things. That's the that's the question. All it's right. the perfect crisis because then you can just turn around and go, "Oh, look, we fixed it." Once they 
fix it because yeah well you know and it's a straw man it, it is it definitely is all right john cunningham is our guest candidate for senate district k we're going to continue here in just a moment don't go anywhere the michael luke show continues it is your home for common sense liberty-based free thinking radio we're going to uh, continue with john cunningham in just a moment don't go anywhere back with more right after this righteous Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, two things first. We're going to ask John to disconnect and reconnect because I'm getting a little bit of artifacting. And then I'm going to ask his wife to stop doing dishes in the background real quick because the clanging is... Oh, I'm, okay. I'm picking up every... You got it. I'm picking up every spoon hit on the bowl. So, uh, Ooh, that's yeah. a good mic. Yeah, so if you would disconnect and reconnect real quick, we just want to make sure that your artifacting stops. So we'll come back to... Uh, We'll come back to John here in just a hot second. He's going to jump back into the uh, room and we'll take some calls uh, or take some uh, questions from the chat room. Um, And uh, um, I see that uh, Kevin McCabe and Mike Kronk have both commented on HB 172. And so we'll touch base with him on that here in just a uh, in just a hot second. And we'll uh, we'll do that again. I see John is back. Uh, I see John is back in the room. So we'll start this over here. Um, okay, John. Um, Yo. Uh, oh, there. You sounded, sounded better already. So here's a comment from Representative Kevin McCabe. And uh, and maybe this is something that you guys could talk about and we could get more information on. We talked briefly about HB 172 when it was going through. But, it, I mean, we talked about it, I think, one day uh, when it was going out. But Kevin McCabe says he's wrong about HB 172. It was designed to remove and mitigate unconstitutional parts of a statute that was put in place. Placed by Kathy Geisel. So a vote against 172 was a vote for Geisel's statute. Um, and so, and then Representative Mike Cronk follows up with Kevin McCabe. Thanks, Kevin. Lots of misinformation about 172 out there. So, and he said, uh, Kevin McCabe continues and says, all of the commitment without due process is already in the law. 172 was written to get rid of some of it. Um, and so, uh, that's an interesting uh, bill. And like I said, we touched on it briefly one day, uh, uh, the week that I think it was up for discussion. So, right. um, uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to find out more about it and maybe we could have a whole uh, uh, rundown on that as we go through. Um, all right. Uh, just looking through here. Uh, what else is, uh, um, if anybody else had any comments or questions? Um, crime, 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 crime. John has a clear vision of the baloney in Juno. Too bad he's in Bill W's district. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, I think a lot of Republicans, you know, they, they have a problem because like you said, they agree with a lot of probably what Wilikowski goes for. Not everything. I mean, Bill and I have worked together and talked together on some things, but I think it's interesting right. that he, uh, you know, it is tough. And and your district is interestingly, you know, like you said, has been a you know kind of blue to bluish purple. Uh, but you're saying now that more and more people are coming in. Is that through redistricting or just people are ready for a change? Do you think? Well, it's a little bit of both. Um, we've got an incumbent, we've got an incumbent who's been in for a while and 
but really, in one sense, I'm not running against Bill Wilikowski. I'm running against uh, that idea, those right. results. Right. And a lot of these folks uh, that got part of this redistricting, so what used to be H kind of got turned about you know, 90 degrees or 270, depending on which way you're looking at it. That's an axis joke. And uh, not a good one. <laughs> I did but, uh, I did not see, yeah. did not see the axis joke coming. Sorry. Oh, yeah, it was bad. So the, uh, uh, so what used to be a lot of the neighboring district, uh, what was, what was the seat Lance Pruitt once held and is now held by um, Hodges, Liz Snyder, right. Hodges, Snyder, whatever. Um, is uh, is now shifted over to our side, right? So districts twenty one and twenty two make up K. Uh, so it's it's probably demographically slightly redder, right? right? And, but that doesn't mean I'm going to rest on my laurels and just expect them to right. For me. No. Well, yeah. this should be a, it should be an interesting race for sure. Uh, of course, with the ranked choice voting in the primary, we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. Uh, when we come back on the air, we're about uh, we're about thirty five seconds away here, so we're going to rejoin the radio here in just a minute. We're talking Sweet. with John Cunningham, Senate District K. And no, I wasn't telling his wife to stop. I was not misogynistic in telling her to stop doing the dishes. I just it's radio. I don't you, I just you guys are killing me. You guys, don't tell him to stop. Tell his wife to. That's misogynistic. You're right. Yes, you're right. I hate everyone. <coughs> I hate everyone equally. That's my problem. All right, we're going to jump back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Welcome back to the program. The Michael Duke Show continues our guest uh, candidate interviews. We've we got more candidate interviews coming up next week. It's going to be uh, Jay McDonald and Shelley Hughes. We've got that debate between Ron Gillum and Justin Ruffridge for a full two hours on Wednesday. David Nelson, Mia Costello on Thursday, and then Forrest Wolf and Liz Vasquez and Jamie Allard and, I mean, lions and cats and dogs. Oh, my. It's going to be a fun time here in the next few weeks. Uh, meanwhile, we're continuing now with John Cunningham, who is candidate for Senate District K uh, down in Anchorage. That's the seat that's currently held by Democrat Walikowski. And uh, we're just uh, continuing on our discussions right now with him uh, about the state of the state and where things are going. So, John, um, <clears throat> you are full. You are you are full of full statutory PFD, right? I think that's kind of where we came from here in the last minute. Um, is your full of, for a full statutory PFD? Let's look at the size and scope of government. Um, you know, is the government in the state of Alaska too big, too small, just right? Where do you think it sits, and uh, and what what would you like to see happen uh, moving forward as a senator? Man, that's a that's a fifty thousand foot view question. To put a cap on it as well as I can, we 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 were close to just right probably prior to two thousand five. In 2006, seven or eight, as far as I read, it looks like we ran our our spending budget, our you know size and scope of government, our services. We ramped them up. I, I can't remember the actual percentages, and someone can check me on that. But around 06, 07, 08, somewhere in that space, um, we just kind of went nuts. And I think it might have had to do 
with something about the price of the right. uh, per barrel of oil at the time, um, which doesn't make a lot of sense. But hey, right. you know, let's tire let's tire economy to a market. Well, it's always that out. inverse proportion of you know when the oil prices do really well, the state is doing well, but the people are hurting because the price of oil and gas and fuel and everything else. Uh, it's that inverse proportion, and you're right. In 08 right. was when we had that big spike to 150 dollars a barrel. And uh, and then when that died back down, that's when things got real nasty because we had $14, 15000000000 billion in our savings account and they proceeded to spend it over the next five or six years. Oh, yeah. It was uh, it was an amazing jump. Um, and I, I don't know. Um, I tend to fall back a little bit on, you know, how things are. Now we can change things, but changing things just for the sake of changing or adding programs and services just for the sake of doing it. I don't think that really goes well for anyone. See Portland. Right. Um, but look at, uh, look at, uh, how, how quickly it all jumped up. And then now we've got, uh, such a big, we got a, a budget that's too, we're too, it's too, we're too big for our bridges really is where it comes down to. Right. So the budget is the budget back. is too big, right? We need to right. And so one of the one of the things, so I got a candidate survey, and it says, "Hey, um, should we start taxing people, increase revenue, or should we, you know, decrease, you know, spending?" And I said, "Decrease spending." Well, then I said, "Well, hey, genius, which essential programs would you cut?" And I'm like, uh, "That's a that's a nasty loaded question." Okay, uh, all of them, yeah, by about five percent, three to five percent. The the people in this state over the last few years have taken a bigger uh, bath than that when it comes to having to change their household budget. Right. So expecting all state government agencies to find me three to 5% would fix a lot of this overbloat and it wouldn't kill everybody. Right. They, they don't want to do that. They want to go, Oh, are you going to, are you going to cut old people services? No, man. How about everyone finds a cut? Yeah. I mean, that's well, what my household has to do. That's what sure. my neighbor's household has to do. So these these people who think they can just globally proclaim that we're trying to cut you know services for people who are sick, deceased, or dying, it's just an appeal to emotion. The real deal is everyone could stand to tighten the belt. Right. Well, as you said, the private sector had to knuckle down. The private sector had to pull their belt in and do what they needed to do. It seemed like the only portion of the economy that was protected during the pandemic was the government sector, was the public sector. They're the ones that made sure that they all kept working and they never, nobody took a pay cut and nobody lost their job. And no, you know, I mean, overall it was, that was the protected part of the economy. And of course, it's always the false argument, the straw man argument of, of, uh, you know, hey, uh, we're going to cut the music program. We're going to cut the gifted and talented program. We're going to cut the old people. We're going to do that. We're not going to look at the fact that we've got 2,000 plus unfilled positions that we're funding every year, that that money is just being used to slush money. We don't look at the fact that we've got 53 school districts, uh, some of them with just a handful of kids where we've got duplication of effort in every one of those school districts where we could consolidate or removing some of the extended programs for Medicaid or Medicare or all these other kind of things. Things. I mean, there are options in cutting in there. I mean, what would be some of your what would be some of your tactics? Oops, he's, he's, we're getting we're getting kisses. That's okay. We're getting kisses goodbye here for the day. Love you, kiddo. Uh, on the uh, on the way out the door. But what? Yeah. So what? Uh, where would you be looking at cuts? I mean, overall, is it just a straight flat cut, or are you looking at things specifically? So it would probably be. Uh, hold on. What? We're talking yes. with John Cunningham from Sorry. Senate Senate District so, K here. Family time. Uh, the, the the kids and the wife and the dog are heading out, and I'm going to be right after him here in a minute. So, 
that's almost more of an administration side thing. If, if, if you, you were the governor for a day, what would you do? I would probably reach out to all the heads of every uh, uh, controlling department that spends state money and say, hey, find me cuts. Uh, you, you got six months. Get me, get me three to five percent of reduction. I, I use that number as a baseline. That's the middle of the road. Most of the people in my town have taken an eight to ten percent cut on the low end uh, in in the last year. And then if you factor in inflation, it's worse than that. So I would like to see um, that happen first. So these people that run these departments, I give them an opportunity. I want them to come up with it first for a few reasons, but the big one is that they have a little more control over it so that they can mitigate the individual problems with, let's say it's Department of Health and Human Services. If a administration or a legislature just goes in and acts out 20% of their spending or what have you, with no regard for what they're losing, that can cause problems. And right. maybe it's neophyte, maybe it's idealistic, maybe this isn't a thing, I don't know. Um, but out here in Realville, where I have to work for a living, um, I would go to a department head and I'd say, hey, I need a three to five percent cut. Find a way to get it done because they're going to be able to do it without cutting or shooting themselves in the foot. Right. Well, and, and while I agree that the governor steers the ship, I mean, the governor puts the budget together. He then hands it over to the legislature and the legislature is the one that carves up the beast. You know, Start they're the ones chopping that, it up. They chop it up, yeah. but they also stuff it full. I mean, they chop it up and then they stuff it full. So, I mean, it is going to be the governor sets the, the tone. But the but the legislatures they're the ones that have to to set it in there. So I mean, would you be looking at you know consolidation of school districts? You know, would you be looking at adjusting uh, you know student the the BSA? Maybe not the amount, but maybe the way that it's dispersed so that more money goes into the classroom. Would you look at you know Medicaid fraud? Would you look at uh, you know unfunded positions? Are those the things that you would be you know looking at? Those, are, those would be massive sources of decreasing a lot of monetary waste, a lot of financial waste. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, oddly enough, I think it was Mark Bagich during his run for governor here that brought up the un unfunded positions right. most recently in my political memory. Uh, but anyone who brings that up, they're right. You know, if there's a ton of positions being funded every year that aren't filled by people, uh, that that goes that's a double-edged sword for one we've got a bunch of wasted money running around for two you know looking at it from the si side of an individual person who doesn't have that job who isn't getting paid that money who isn't putting that money back into the economy right right so that's 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 a two-sided problem there's probably more than two sides to that problem but that's the two that come right off the top of my head so yeah taking underfunded positions um looking at ways to consolidate spending that get money in more into the hands of students or into the classroom would be great. Um, or heck into the hands of, of the parents making their education decisions. Um, I know right. that's going to ruffle some feathers. My wife was a public school teacher for 17 years. I know how the sausage is made. And quite frankly, we would be perfectly fine with that. People are able to make decisions. For You're talking about like school education. vouchers or the new backpack funding mechanism that people are talking about where the money follows the child instead of going to the school kind of thing. Absolutely. Crazy stuff we haven't tried before, but the things we are doing don't work. So that sounds really nuts, but maybe we should try something different. <laughs> maybe. And that to me, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these guys will get in, they want to make deals with their friends and, and I get it because you got to make sure this thing works. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, this has to work for the private citizen. 
Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, John Cunningham, our guest candidate for Senate District K. Uh, John, um, you know, the big the big issue, it seems like that's on the ballot, not only just the elected officials, but of course, the Constitutional Convention is a question. We're seeing millions of dollars being poured into the scare campaign for no Constitutional Convention. It would be Pandora's box, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Um, Ghostbusters, nineteen eighty four. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, <clears throat> I know uh, this this show is chock full of pop culture. That's all we say. We've got we've got culture. It just happens to be pop culture. Um, but let's say, let, where, what do you where do you sit on the constitutional convention? What are your thoughts on it? I believe that uh, we should absolutely uh, do that. I think that doing so places faith and trust back in the people, and we have that control. The electorate has that control throughout the process. As you well, you probably have already gone through this ad nauseum, but we get to uh, we get to decide whether or not to have one in the first place. Once that's voted for, we get to choose our delegates. These these are people that are going to go out and write this thing from our neighborhoods. You get to vote on who you get to send from your neighborhood to go and 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 cut this thing up and get it butchered in the way you want. And then once that's all done, you get to vote on whether or not it even happens. Any amendment or any consti- any uh, any any changes made to the Constitution, you get to vote on right. whether or not it happens. So you trust so, the people. I mean, you trust the people will make the decisions that are best for them in the long run. Yeah, and that that plays right into almost every other uh, policy aspect, policy decision most of us need to make is you need to fall back on trusting your people because you're trusting them to do everything else. We're turning your wrenches. We're securing your buildings, we're driving your vehicles, we're flying your planes, and we're operating your firearms. You should trust us. Right. And that's, that's the long and short of it. If, if you're legislating from a position or you're advocating for policy from a position that doesn't ultimately trust people the majority of the time, you don't have faith and trust and confidence in them, then why would you even care how they vote? Yeah. No, I mean, I think yeah. this is this is all good stuff. Um, we're coming down to it here. We got about uh, four minutes, three and a half, four minutes um, before we have to let you go. Uh, I have something called the Charter of Changes, which are four changes that I think would change the way that business is done in the state of Alaska for the better. Uh, the first one is to change the players. You're obviously in favor of that since you're running for office as a brand new candidate. Uh, okay. the, the second one is changing the venue. I think I believe that the legislative session, not the Capitol, but the legislative session should be moved onto the road system so that 85% of Alaskans have access to the session while it's going on. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. They, they wouldn't like that at all. You know, we voted to do that a couple of times, but uh, reasons. Yeah, re- happening. It, reasons. Yeah, right. Reasons. Exactly. These people. Uh, the, yeah. third, the third uh, change that we would have would be changing the rules. And by that, I mean no binding caucus. I, I don't know if you're familiar with what the binding caucus is. Changing the conflict of interest rules so that people can't vote on issues that they have a substantive financial benefit in. And the Open Meetings Act. Uh, they've exempted themselves. Every other public body in the state has to abide by it, except for the legislature. They can meet behind closed doors all they want and then go out on the floor and vote. What say you on uh, on the, the changes there? Uh, 100% yes on all of that. I mean, and that last bit right there, the Open Meetings Act, you've touched on a, a minor nerve, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> so there are, there are, there are, it's not just that, but there are um, instances where it looks like there are people that are in positions of elected representation. They are not leaders, by the way, if they're volunteers, 
Right. That needs to, that they need to stop saying that you're right. not a leader. You're, but you're, you're a step above jury duty. Right. You're just getting paid right. better. Right. So yeah, a lot better, but that kind of thing needs to happen. Uh, when it comes to the open meetings act, there needs to be more, uh, transparency. We should be able to see everything they do, um, with very little exception. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, and, Unless the, you know, unless the Department of Defense comes down here and goes, look, this is vital to national security. Of course, then everything will be, so we've got to be careful with that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, yeah, change the venue, change the rules. How many times did we vote to move the Capitol? I know that's, seven, that's different than seven, legislative session. But. Seven times, five solid times with two more advisories. It's like seven times yeah. overall. So, yeah, no, it's so, a... It's a frustrating time for sure. We're, we're coming down to it though, John. I want to give you the last. Oh yeah, no worries, man. I want to give you the last oh. bite here, chance to sound uh, ramp uh, wrap up. Uh, give us your elevator pitch for why we should vote for John Cunningham, what makes you different than your opponent, and uh, if you're doing any meet and greets or how people can find out more about you. Sure thing. Uh, so the, the long and short of it is we need to start bringing the control of these elected representative bodies back to uh, the people who live in these neighborhoods full time. And that means one, two terms, term limits, if so be. Uh, however, I'll lead by example. I'm running on nights and weekends, just like your old cell phone plan used to do. And I want other people to do as well. Uh, so that, uh, that control rests once again within the, in the, in the hands of people that, that come from the places that this legislation is affecting. Right. Uh, you can find more information on me, not much more. It's a, it's a small website with a donate button and a contact me. Those are the two most important buttons. You can reach out to me or you can donate at akcunningham.com. Um, you can also, uh, you email me there. Um, you can ask me anything, absolutely anything. You can ask me anything, uh, email me. Uh, I'll be the one that answers it. I don't have a staff. I'm keeping this small on for a reason. Uh, I'm operating on a, on a fairly small budget. It's not as small as that guy in New Jersey that won with a box of donuts, but it's close enough. And, uh, you know, um, and you can, uh, you can reach out to me there or at John C at AK And that's about it, man. I mean, you know, uh, do you, do you want to get these charter changes done? Do you want to fix all this crud or do you want to just keep electing the same political clones yeah. like we have for the last 60 years? John, John Cunningham, uh, Senate District K, akcunningham.com is his website. I've linked it up in the chat room. John, hold the line for a second. We're going to give you a final bite here in the commercial break. Folks, we've got more coming up. Hour 2 continues. We'll be back right after this, The Michael Duke Show. Yeah, buddy. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, one final bite at the apple for John Cunningham, who uh, is here in the chat room uh, and joining us. Uh, John, just anything that we didn't hit on. I mean, I, I you you said that the Open Meetings Act is a hot button issue. I'd love to hear why. But any other topic yeah. that we didn't get to tonight that you're passionate this morning that you're passionate about that you want to uh, get in? Let, let's 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 talk. Sure. So one of the things that a lot of our uh, well, people in government want to, are trying to shy away from a little bit is the idea of the old COVID vaccine passport. And I don't know if you remember that idea being bandied about uh, a, a little around yep. a year, yep. three months ago. Now, it didn't get into anything official, right? But behind closed doors, some of these people that we hold in high regard and esteem sat at a table with each other and thought about it. It crossed their minds and they went over it and they, and they went down to the bar and had a couple drinks and said, hey, what if we did this? What if we did that? And they know it. And some of them spoke about it publicly. 
that right there is another example of government touching you inappropriately that shouldn't happen, right? So that Open Meetings Act, they used a lot of this emergency response here in Anchorage, at least in the assembly, to shut down people showing up. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, yeah. towards the end of all of that, when it was clear that Dave Bronson was going to win this election rather decisively, probably more so than we thought, uh, than we've been told, is on a hot mic, one of these assembly members actually said, and I quote, let's open it back up. We can't give Jamie the win. Speaking about Jamie Allard, they right. don't want to give her the win to open the city back up. So they right. open the city back up, right? Do you remember that? Yeah, because she had an ordinance that was going to do that. And it was, and they mm -hmm. said, no, no, we can't do that. So they did it themselves instead. Outlining the fact that they believed in their hearts, at least their actions and their words tell me that they believed that all of that restriction lockdown stuff was almost purely political. Maybe not in the beginning. But towards the middle and the end, they clearly knew, and based on their actions, when they all went out to thing places like Florida and down to uh, down to Wasilla to do stuff, they clearly didn't have uh, the interest of public health in mind. They were just, you know, uh, banding about a political power. Right. right. So that kind of thing, the Open Meetings Act touched us here in that regard. And that, even though that's not the Alaska State Legislature General Assembly, our assembly here in Anchorage just flouted that. And no one has done anything about it. The judiciary didn't do anything about it. So I, I, I might add one more thing. I mean, I like your uh, change venue, change change the players, uh, change the rules, Open Meetings Act. Yep. Um, consider a Fifth Amendment, maybe elect sheriffs. Yeah, that's a constitutional. That's, that's a constitutional that's, question. I mean, that's something that could yes, be addressed by the con con because, yeah, I spoke to one of the framers of the constitutional convention fifteen years ago and asked him, you know, why, mm -hmm. and they said, well, they specifically created boroughs instead of counties because they at the time did not want to have that county sheriff system uh, in right. place, and that was one of the reasons. But maybe it's time. Maybe that's something that we need to address. I, I think I'm open to the discussion on it for sure. I would I would agree with that. There's actually a fourth charter of change that we didn't get to, and that was to change the, uh, change the budgeting. And that was basically my argument that the governor, instead of just picking pie out of the sky, should either go to zero-based budgeting or create a budget based on a five-year rolling average of what our revenue has been so that we would know kind of where we were going to be instead of this just picking a number out of the sky. Um, right. And so, uh, yeah, those four charters uh, of changes I think are important, and I hope that more people uh, pick them up and use them. We didn't get a chance to talk about the Fiscal Policy Working Group. Did you follow their uh, their uh, uh, work in the uh, legislature this last year? I did not actually didn't yeah. catch a lot of that. So Fiscal yeah. Policy Working Group has got a good roadmap that includes uh, reductions, Potentials for new taxes, new taxes for oil companies, you know, reduction in size and scope of government, fixing the PFD. It was a holistic approach, and I think it makes a good sense to at least try and use it as a roadmap to move forward. So maybe okay. next time we talk, you can have a little bit more uh, insight into that as well. Uh, but we're down to uh, we're down to about ninety seconds here. So I just wanted to say thank you for coming on board. I appreciate it. I know you got to get to work, and I. Uh, uh, appreciate you coming on board. Uh, I'm excited to I'm excited to see what your district does. I would love to see you in Juno. So um, oh, yeah. um, I uh, I hope that uh, I hope you get the nod. Um, and uh, it, regardless of whether you win or lose, I hope you stay involved because you've got a uh, uh, I think you've got a good uh, good insight into what we need out there. So, John, thanks for coming on board and joining us.
Right on. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate you being part of the show today. John Cunningham. Gotta get to the shop. Yeah, gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> Senate, Dis- oh, yeah. Senate District K. Thank you, John, for uh, coming in. Uh, John Cunningham, our guest this morning on the program. Uh, good good interview. Uh, good stuff. Uh, I like it when people are prepared and, uh, and have some answers and have been thoughtful about this kind of stuff. I really enjoy it. All right. Uh, we are coming up uh, on the break. Um, I guess we'll go back to the phones. I, I mean, I got other things that I could talk about, but it's only eight minutes and I got something I could rant about for an hour. I mean, that, and I'm not talking about the Kelly Chewbacca thing, which is, yeah, it's, uh, it's good stuff. Uh, again, if you want to check out John, go to akcunningham.com. akcunningham.com. That's where you go and you could donate. Even if you don't live in his district, you could throw him a few bucks to help him uh, get the word out there. All right. <clears throat> Let's get back to it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Two hours. The fastest two hours in radio. Well, um, we're out of time for the program today. We got one, this one final segment where we got about eight, seven, eight minutes here to talk about, well, anything. What do you want to, you know, there's an article in the ADN today from James Brooks. I, it's interesting how the, the uh, ADN is now pulling all kinds of articles from the Alaska Beacon. Um, have you noticed that? A lot of their articles are reprints from the Alaska Beacon. Um, and the article is talking about South Anchorage and Girdwood, and it's the race for the Senate seat um, that uh, is currently being held by Roger Holland. And they've got the interviews with uh, they've got some interviews and some discussions uh, with Kathy Geisel and uh, Rosalind Casey and everything else. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to read that yet, that's a very it's a very interesting um, read. And um, uh, we may get into that. Well, we can't get into it tomorrow. This is the problem. When I get some good stories and we don't have a lot of time to go over them, and then I get on a rant about the Kelly Shabaka thing for an hour. Anyway, um, the the one thing I will say about this race is that this is going to be about um, – I, I think I think part of this is going to be about money. Um, the, in, the, in the article, they talk about the reporting. Uh, Rosalind Casey has only raised about $7,000. Now, Roger Holland has raised um, – uh, almost 40,000, 38,297. But Kathy Geisel has raised nearly a hundred thousand dollars. She wants that seat bad. So, uh, if you haven't donated yet, or if you've got a few extra bucks laying around, you might want to reach out and drop some money into Rob- Roger Holland's kitty as well, because, uh, that's going to be a tough race. That is going to be a tough race. Let's go over to the phones and see what you guys have to say since we're whittling away the daylight here. And uh, let's do that right now. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Good morning, Randy. What's on your mind? I uh, appreciated your last interview you just had with the candidate, Mr. Cunningham. Um, you were talking about the Constitutional Convention, and one of the points that was brought up, I think by the candidate too, uh, uh, in favor of the 
Constitutional Convention was that you can trust the people, meaning that after they horse trade and do and finagle and everything with whatever they're going to come up with a new constitution, you have the people that can look at it and vote, pass judgment on it and vote yay or nay on it. But I feel that in this instance, in this situation, this decade, with this Constitutional Convention, if a free cash handout, well, you know, you don't like that term, but it is free. But anyway, if a cash handout is enshrined in the Constitution as a basic human right just for breathing, including for all the new arrivals that will come, if that is in there, then I believe you cannot trust the people because at least 51% of them will be mesmerized by that free cash handout. They won't bother to look at all the little nitty-gritty pieces that have been slipped in there, that some of them being bad, and they'll just rubber stamp and approve it, and that's a very dangerous situation. So, no, you cannot trust the people because it's a bribed situation, in my opinion. Um, I think it's the people speaking out for what is rightfully owed to them. I think that's their money. And I, I would trust the people just like I trusted them back in 1999 when they voted against the POMV model, 83 uh, percent in favor of retaining the statutory uh, PFD. Um, I think people understood that is their money. It's not a free handout. It's not a bribe. It's your money. And so people, yes, of course, they're going to vote with their pocketbook, and I trust them to do that. I trust them to vote in their best interests. Now, sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes we agree with that, sometimes we don't. But I, I trust the people. This is why, quite honestly, nobody wanted to have a, an advisory vote on SB 26, which was the POMV model, because it had been killed, slaughtered. In 1999, they knew that's why they didn't want to have it. I mean, Peter Machicki admitted with it because people will vote with their pocketbooks. But it is not a free handout. It is their money. So, of course, they're going to vote for it. That's I mean, that makes sense, Randy. Uh, and that's the fundamental philosophical difference between you and I. You believe that it's some kind of free money, free government manna from heaven that that shouldn't be done, that it should just the government should decide how to spend it instead of giving us to us poor pitiful peons. I believe that it is our share of the revenue wealth in this state, just as Hammond wrote, that it is our fair share of uh, because we are resource owners. We are shareholders in the state. And it's not a direct payment. It's not payment directly off shares sold or oil sold or anything else. It is merely a small fraction of the earnings of those resources, the money earned and earnings from those resources. So, you know, I think that's the, that's the problem. You and I, you know, you're, you're, you believe it's free money. I believe it's the people's money. Yeah, well, my point is, is, you know, I'm all for the PFD. I used to collect it and everything, and it's good, you know, if it's from surplus money. But that my point is not whether it's our money. No, 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 wait a second. Randy, That's not my point. R- Randy, wait a second. No, Randy, Randy, you just, you believe it's okay when it's surplus money. No, no, no. That was our portion of the money. The government already had their portion. Just because government can't live within its means. And, and doesn't have a surplus because they have overspent doesn't mean that they get to tap into your bank account to take the money out. And that's essentially what they're doing. That's the thing. You're saying it's okay when there's a surplus. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. That's your part. That's your pot of money. They have their pot of money. They've just spent all of theirs and they want to take yours. Yeah, okay. Well, however you want to phrase it, that's okay. But it matters. Is, is that if you wave money in people's faces, they will only look at that that handful of cash and they will not find all the bad things that might have been slipped into the Constitution 
and they'll just vote the rubber stamp and approve it. That's my point. Well, even if you want to call the issues, the money that's owed us or whatever you want to call I'm sure it. the issues will be broken out and voted on. Uh, you know, uh, I think that, you know, I think people that I'm going to I'm going to vote for delegates that will put the, the pieces out a piece at a time and not in some kind of massive omnibus thing, because I think that's what people need to be able to do. They need to be able to vote on each individual change as they go through. But it does matter, Randy. It's not how you just how you phrase it. It's not just how you phrase it. It does matter. And yes, people, of course, are going to vote with their pocketbooks. That's that's a natural thing. One final call before we go to break this morning. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning, Michael. Real quick, real quick. Thanks. This is Matthew in Fairbanks. Hey, Matthew. Uh, just a couple comments on that. I just want to say, you know, I'm just sick and tired of people saying I trust the people. We're not dealing. We're not dealing with the people. We're dealing with the voters. And we just had the uh, ranked choice voting voted in. So I think it goes to show that, you know, I, I think it's a fallacy when we say we can, we can trust the people. Uh, I, I think we can trust the people, but I don't know about the voters. But that's, that's a separate, that, that's neither here nor there. I sure. think uh, the, the bigger issue is, is, is it worth the risk? And, uh, you know, we may end up with gay marriage enshrined. We may end up with uh, abortion. Uh, the people aren't – we will be enshrining the PFD. You're right. People will vote with their po- pocketbook. Right. But there's some things that are up for risk. But uh, most importantly, we will never, ever, ever get our schools back, and we will never, ever, ever get control of the judiciary back into the people's hands in, instead of well, special interest. those will be – Unless I mean, we have the con-con. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this just starts the conversation. It doesn't guarantee anything. It just starts the conversation. And by God, I think we at least should have it, right? I mean, we should at least have the conversation. We, we've got to have it. Yeah, absolutely. Matthew, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Folks, we're out of time. Tomorrow is Firearms Friday. Can't wait. Can't, can't wait. Next week, we've got even more, including Jay McDonald and Shelly Hughes and that interview with Ruffridge and Gillum. Folks, we'll see you on uh, tomorrow. Be kind, love one another, live well. Yeah, I mean, again, it all matters. It all matters. Thank you, Matthew, for your call. Uh, It's risky, but we've got to take a risk because obviously... Nothing is changing now, right? I mean, we can't continue to do the same thing that we've been doing because we're just going to get the same results. That's what it comes down to. Appreciate you guys coming on board and joining us. We got to go. The Michael De- oh, Harold even liked the show today. <laughs> oh, my God. Twice in one day. All right, folks, we're out of time. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great one. We'll see you then.
get our terrestrial radio skin. And now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 